Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Welcome to Parks and Recollection. I'm your trusty host, Rob Lowe, a.k.a. Chris Traeger, joined by Alan Yang, writer, producer, actor, bassist extraordinaire. I'm in this one. Yeah, it was weird. I was like, oh, this is weird. I know <laughs> you're you got some you got some acting to be you got some screen time. A lot of acting. Are you in the, are you in the Screen Actors Guild? You'll, you have to be oh, in yeah. the Screen Actors Guild. Oh yeah. I, I laugh cuz my my girlfriend's a real actor. Um she she's on that show Dave on FX, but uh we get our SAG stuff at the same time. So like every time we get SAG stuff in the mail, I'm like two great actors just working in SAG. <laughs> just like not, this not, is right. Yeah, just, just just she makes her living doing that. But yeah, it's uh um really good. How how are you doing? How many how many guilds are you in? I am in SAG, I'm in the Writers Guild, WGA, and I'm in the Directors Guild, DGA. So I think that's it. Yeah. Dude, that's very impressive. Hey, man. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, and I'm, it's, I'm honored to be in your presence. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Uh, man, this is, uh, this is kind of one of the all-timers, man. Yep. This is an all-timer, and, and I really I just have distinct memories of shooting this episode because, as we mentioned, uh, we were both on set for this one in the same room. And, um, and, and just like a, a landmark episode, very crazy uh, uh, kind of decision by, by the producing team that what happens in this episode. But, yeah, let's, let's get into it. The episode title is Andy and April's Fancy Party. Party. Season three, episode nine, written by Katie Dipple, directed by Michael Trim, uh, one of our DPs, actually, who became a director on the show as well and or was directing other stuff as well. Um, original air date, April 14th, 2011. This was a two week break between this episode and the previous episode, Camping. And the blurb, Anne and April's party turns into a surprise wedding, but Leslie does not approve. Apologies if that's a spoiler for you, but you know what? You should probably watch the episode before listening to the podcast. So no apologies. Take the take the apology back. Nope's notes. April and Andy's full names are revealed. April Roberta Ludgate and Andrew Maxwell Dwyer. Like that. Andy is wearing his Reggie Wayne jersey at the wedding. This is a callback to the Christmas scandal episode when April gives Andy the jersey as a Christmas present. Um, a lot to get into. Let's get into the synopsis. The episode begins with Ron horrifying the entire parks department by pretending to pull his own tooth out with a pair of pliers. <laughs> After everyone flees the conference room and Tom passes out, Ron admits to the camera that it was a prank and that a dentist had removed the tooth the previous day. In the next scene, April and Andy invite everyone to a dinner party to celebrate their one-month anniversary while Ben explains a job-offered dilemma to Leslie, which could potentially take him away or keep him in Pawnee. Um, Got to get to the cold open, by the way. It's a pretty wild cold open. I remember that those fake teeth that he had, and that he's pulling it out. This this feels like a Dan Gore special. He he loves kind of like body horror comedy. <laughs> so like it feels like that that was partly his brainchild. I could be wrong. Yeah, it was a very funny bit. I I, I always 
laughed at that. It was a great one of our, I think, one of the best cold opens. Yes, I, I, I myself uh, don't have very many horrible dentist experiences. I've never had a cavity. I've never had wait, like wait, a root canal. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you've never had a cavity. Never had a cavity. Yeah, I think it's all genetic, man. I, I really think it's like you're either born with strong enamel or you. Because I feel like some of my friends, it's not like I'm, not like I'm, I, I, I'll be honest. I'm not going crazy. I brush my teeth and stuff, but I'm not like a king of dental care. It's just like, I think it's just you're born with it or you're not. Because my mom, I think, has really strong teeth and my dad has gets cavities, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, that that's. I think this is how it goes, you know. I, have you had cavities? Are you have a normal person? I'm, a, like, I'm a, like a normal person. I got I got all my all my teeth in my head. Um, my favorite is when actors get fake teeth put in. That's my favorite oh, thing, yeah. and like to try to veneers do, or in or ve- they either get implants or veneers, and then and then all of a sudden their their voices are just slightly slightly different. I'm not going to name names, but they're I've been on shows where. On the hiatus, that somebody comes back and they're just like blindingly white, new teeth, and and, they, <laughs> and, and, and that little bit of a of an S sound is bizarre. Um, I remember on um, The Outsiders, Tom Cruise uh, went to a local dentist in Tulsa and had a tooth removed because he wanted his character to lose a tooth in the rumble scene, and wow. and so Tom had that just a po- literally what they call a post, which is that what sticks out when you have a fake tooth anyway. And I thought that was some, a serious bit of commit, commitment there. Yes, it, it all uh, those fake teeth. They just remind me of, of Matt Dillon, and there's something about oh, Mary where best. he gets those fake teeth. And um, but yeah, it's it's. I, I love, by the way, also in this uh, cold open that it's revealed that Ben drives a Saturn, which is like <laughs> very a two, mid two thousands joke. It's like yeah, Donna's talking about her bands. He's like yeah, no one wants to steal a Saturn. Um, but yeah, that's a great that's a great pull. Um, no, from Greg Levine. This is an all-time best episode. One of the top five, probably. It's yep. a simple and great premise and activates everyone's storylines. Um, and it also furthers the Leslie and Ben romance. I kind of forget forgot that aspect. And and we'll see later our, our good friend, uh, the late, great Harris Whittles, kind of drives the Leslie-Ben plot forward a little bit, which is kind of interesting. Um, and it's also, it's a really funny opening where they give, Andy and April give the cards out telling people they're invited, but also what to bring. And Donna's just saying, like, reading from the card, Please bring cooked steak. Like I just like a lot of these bits were like where they're just told what to bring. Uh, really made me laugh. So kind of an exciting beginning to this story. Um, continuing on at the party, Leslie discovers that Andy and April's dinner party is actually a surprise wedding. Leslie spends most of the party trying to dissuade Andy and April. However, Ron believes it's not Leslie's place to interfere with their decision. Tom is thrilled when Andy makes him the best man, but his excitement quickly fades when Andy also asks Ron, Chris, Ben, and Derek to be his best men. In an effort to best the other best men, Tom tries to throw an impromptu bachelor party to set himself apart, but ends up falling short. Um, if, uh, a suggestion for the producers here is this episode's a lot of high-speed comedy and information. As an actor or writer, did it ever feel like it's 10 pounds of sand in a five-pound bag, like too much going on? Um, I feel like I remember this script being a bit unwieldy, just like a lot to accomplish. And it's also, I think one of the the most difficult things was it's about two people getting married and neither of which is the main character, right? So all these other characters, like how do you give them a drive? And, you know, it, it, it certainly broke pretty naturally that, you know, Leslie's character would want to stop this wedding because it's so... <laughs> accelerated and that she ultimately would learn the lesson that that you know she 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 really doesn't have the power to stop this and and shouldn't want to control her friends um i i feel like also this was i believe based on somewhat based on 
we, we went around the room and talked about like our parents' wedding stories because or, or or your own and and I believe Dan Gore's parents got married in like two or three weeks or something and they've been married ever since. So they've been they've been married for fifty years or whatever and it worked. So I think that was partial inspiration and kind of justification where you know you just never know you know you just never know i think that's much rarer these days it's like you almost always like spend a lot of time together maybe even live together whatever but um yeah i mean it's a different generation and it it worked out yes um there's like there's a few other things in this house that i noticed because like this was on so this set was built on stage it's basically burley's house or andy and april's house and um, so it was just a soundstage and, and it was just kind of, we're just in this room and, and Rob has talked a lot about being hot on set. I just remember this room kind of getting hot and like, there's, you know, there's like 30, 40, 50 people in there, including our, all our cast. And then a lot of weird extra guest casts who were in other episodes. You have like April's parents and like, you know, all of mouse rat is there and then animal control is there. It's just like a kind of a stack. Ben and Derek are there like April's. And then of course, uh, April's legendary friend Orin, who uh, appears at Time Code four twenty in this episode. So that's Orin's first that. actual appearance, I believe. I believe it is. Yes, legendary character. Legendary, but, uh, yeah. and legendary. you know the famous the, the thing about I remember so much about that set and the stage is it like be like can we turn the air conditioning up a little bit? And so I was like, somebody gets on the walkie talkie, and then they go to some air conditioning plant on the lot, and then it takes. 30 minutes to turn it on and then it's now it's too cold and then you get back on the phone and it takes another 30 minutes it's like such a process it's it, why are stages always like that i feel like stages are always like it's too hot it's too cold we were shooting a show on paramount and it was like it's freezing and then it's too hot and then it's like and they have these like if you're in a non-air conditioned space they get that tube in that runs like oh, the, yeah. the air conditioning in the tube the big tube i'll just always you know this is a you'll see, it's a gigantic like hydraulic tube that they run into the set to like cool it down but um yeah i just remember all the bodies in this and um it it just evoked a lot of memories there was in the scene where leslie is talking to april in the bathroom there's a a mouse rat poster with like pictures of all the members and uh, i have that poster framed in my house yeah very like yeah it's like kind of a you know you remember that stuff um you know, it's it's uh it's, it's not a typical Parks and Rec model. This episode, no. it's 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 kind of like a very special episode in some ways, but it's also got a lot of a lot of comedy in it. Um, we got to talk about the B story. In the B story, and there seems like there's kind of only two stories in this this episode. Tom has kind of a runner C story, but Anne goes to a singles event at a bar where she runs into a very territorial Donna. At first, Donna views Anne as competition, but after witnessing Anne's painfully awkward social skills. Donna takes Anne under her wing and teaches her some player moves. When Anne hears about Andy getting married from Leslie, she feels deflated and wants to leave. But Donna tells Anne to forget her past and enjoy herself in the present, which Anne ends up doing. Wild B story. You free, like this episode, yeah. you remember like, oh, they're getting married. Like you remember like the song and, you know, the vows and all this stuff. A- a- Andy in the in the Reggie Wayne jersey. And then you, you forget like Anna Donna at like a singles party. <laughs> I was like, this is a rare Anna Donna pairing. I was like, what? wait, wait, what? Like, I hadn't watched the episode in a while. I was like, oh, just a whole other B story with Anna Donna, like a bar and like them talking to dudes and, and Donna kind of being mean to Anna at the start. Also, she does her trademark uh, drinking two shots move, which I really loved, which is... Uh, in a lot of uh, in a lot of clips of of Donna, it's um all, yeah she Donna has that great thing where she asks Anne if she's Nell from the movie Nell. Yes, it's a great reference. It's it's, it's amazing. Uh, 
I couldn't believe how many movie references there are in this episode. Like we tried to do not we did we tried to not do too much pop culture, but it's kind of fun to see it now. I mean, it because she says Nail from the movie Nail, and then uh, it, and then Leslie says, "Is this a walk to remember situation <laughs> where you're getting married because April is sick?" And then Ron says. Julia Roberts, you mean that toothy girl from Mystic Pizza? Like, there's so many references. It, 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 it's like, and we see later, there's a Swingers reference, Lord of the Rings, Wedding Crashers, Fred Claus, Avatar. Like, it's, it's, so whatever happened, our filter of not doing pop culture did not work on this episode. There's so much. Also funny that uh, Donna just didn't get invited to the wedding or just didn't go. <laughs> like, she gets invited in the beginning and then she just chooses. I guess, I guess the justification by the writers is uh, she just wants a date. She's just trying to hook up that night she didn't go to the she's just not at the wedding i was like okay kind of sad um all right in a surprisingly touching ceremony andy and april officially become husband and wife with the help of some sturdy advice from ron leslie accepts their decision and realizes that there's no right way to do things when it comes to love the ceremony is followed up with equally heartwarming moments of april telling leslie how much she means to her and andy making a speech to the guests claiming Tom as his best, best man and explaining that life is short and that he and April simply did what made them happy. Inspired by Andy's honesty, Leslie asks Ben to stay in Pawnee and is pleasantly surprised when he reveals that he's already accepted Chris's offer that would keep him in Pawnee. A lot of like real emotion. Like there's a part where uh, a Simon and Garfunkel song comes up and it, it, it's uh, April comes she will. And, and, and you know, there's such a balance in this show. And I think a lot of shows that Mike has, has created, like, you know, they're sweet shows, but they generally don't get into like, you know, really, really uh, hopefully over the top or sentimental or saccharine moments. And, but I think, I, I think in the case of a wedding like this, I think, you know, as the writers, I think we felt like we earned a little bit of that. Right. So you do 35 episodes or whatever of, pretty comedic stuff and then okay one sweet moment and i think that was the kind of vibe i was kind of surprised when they just like played the music non-diegetically like under the under the show like that almost never happens right we talked about it tom petty um right at the end of the harvest festival episode but to hear it in this episode was like wow they're just playing a simon and garfunkel song (laughs) so i was like hey music budget got to work out these couple episodes pretty rare um but yeah it's really sweet man i just like pratt and aubrey together you know it's it's it, it was a big swing it was a big swing. And the Reggie Wayne jersey he wears, obviously, we got to give props to. That's such a, I mean, at the time, Reggie Wayne was the great receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. And and we will, it sets up in a later episode when we actually go to Indiana, go to Indianapolis, and we will do a scene with Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne, that's right. And Andrew Luck was there right. and uh, the owner of the, the team. And we got to hang out on the field. And it all began um, here with this jersey um, and his wedding. Hey guys, you know, I wanted to pop in to say that I remember when this idea was pitched. I remember uh, being in the room. We were on our writer's retreat, actually, which we've talked about. We usually did at the beginning of every season in the early summer uh, to talk about, you know, the season arcs and the shape of uh, certain character stories and pitch on the early episode ideas. This one happened um, after episode six of season three, because we've talked about the weird shooting schedule that we shot the first six episodes of season three, um, tagged on to season two. And so at this uh, writer's retreat, I remember two big things came out of it. One was the shape, uh, and moves and story moves of the harvest festival episode. Uh, and the other one was this idea, which was just a germ of an idea at that time. And it was in one of these little pods where some of us were in a room 
I remember Mike was in that room uh, and we were sitting around and someone pitched this idea that they got uh, married. I don't remember who it was, but I remember this electricity in the room with everyone's eyes kind of meeting and saying, that's really weird, <laughs> but that's also a really good idea. And the more you talked about it, the more it just stuck. And I remember the excitement of uh when we all got together, the different pods kind of report back on our different assignments. I remember the excitement of pitching it to the rest of the room. Um, I mean, I didn't, but I remember Mike pitching it. And um, just you could see it in the room and everyone's imaginations are going uh, in that creative space. And you know that you've stumbled on something really cool, uh, really weird, really unexpected, but at the same time, uh, just makes sense. Uh, and so uh, that's where this idea was born. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. That is so true, Greg. LinkedIn knows that as a small business owner, you don't have the time or the resources to spend countless hours looking for the right person for the job. So they have launched a new feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. And it isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching. In fact, get this, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Wow, that, that, that's impressive. That's amazing. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash parks. That's linkedin.com slash parks to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When I think about this episode, it, it makes me think back of like, you know, I just have a set of photos from this set. Like speaking of like the, the genuine emotion, like it, it's just such a it's such a like a time capsule of, of of you know, our lives at that at that at that time. And it's also tinged with, you know, obviously, you know, I, there's photos of Harris Whittles there. And like, you know, we were on set that week because, you know, the way you shoot the show is like even if you have a little part like we're in the background of all these shots. So like people are shooting their talking heads or whatever. Like we're in the background of all these scenes. So we just spent a lot of time on set. And I remember Harris playing songs on the guitar and, you know, us pitching jokes for Aziz and when he was doing his talking heads and, and, and um, just kind of like a real familial atmosphere. Cause you know, as we mentioned before, like people aren't always all on set at the same time. And in the case of this wedding episode, it's like, yeah, like, pretty much all 10 cast members well, except for donna i guess as we mentioned but but you know a lot of the cast is all in the same room and you know you're kind of celebrating like the show has gotten over this hump and and it's just kind of clicking and and uh you know again like i look back i i think on my instagram there's some photos and it's like yeah there's photos of you know the, the whole cast and and you know they're andy and april and chris and, and and everybody you know we have pratt and, and and aubrey wearing their wedding outfits and we're dressed as mouse rat and 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 harris is in his uniform and it's just like yeah it's a really sort of 
bittersweet kind of memory of this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of like a, I don't know. I'll always remember this episode and, 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 um, and then, and then, uh, this is one of the only mouse rat songs, by the way, that was not written by Mark Rivers. Ooh. A little piece of trivia. Yeah. It was like, there's this song called the, the song is a, listen to the song in this episode. It's called two birds holding hands. So yeah, I, I remember this song not being written by Mark because, you know, we, we, we would learn all the songs as a band and, and practice them and record them, whatever. Um, and then, uh, in this practice space in North Hollywood, then we would play them on set and then, uh, at the end of every season, we would play the songs at the rap party. So I remember this song being a little bit more complicated. And just to get into the lyrics um, very quickly, by the way, it's on Genius.com, formerly RapGenius.com. Uh, there's, if you want to Google Mouse Rat, Two Birds Holding Hands lyrics, um, you'll see. Uh, let's just go through the verses here. April, there's so little time, things I really want to do. Let's fly through the sky so it's so awesome because it's so awesome and blue. We fly over the mountains or through the sea. We can do whatever we want, just you and me. Two birds holding hands, so much better than one. We'll do anything together, even eat some bacon. I guess that's the rhyme there. <laughs> all right. Oh, no. Let's fly to Africa. Soar all over that place. Soar all over the place is the, like, I, I have to sing that backing vocal. Soar all over can, that place. Yes, it's that. Mm -hmm. We can go bowling, then hitch a ride to outer space. Let's fly to that restaurant. Maybe Arby's is the place to be. We can go wherever we want because it's you and me. So now, there's a lot of thoughts here. I mean, <laughs> it's we can go bowling. Uh, birds don't have hands. They're they're going bowling. He's talking about Arby's. It's really like it's one of the crazier sets of lyrics ever. And that, look, every Mozart song has really stupid lyrics, but this one I feel like is is really up there in terms of uh, weirdness level. And by the way, he's just playing this song at his wedding. So let's never forget that. <laughs> Very crazy. <laughs> And I think you can tell that Mark didn't write it because it's a little bit more complicated. It's like actually a little bit like it, it's instead of just being three chords, yeah. like musicians out there know what I'm talking about. Instead of being like one, four, five yeah. or whatever over and over again, it's like it's 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 actually has a little bit more to it. And like they actually watching it was like, I couldn't believe like they made me sing in it. Like I'm singing a little bit in it. It's like, what is happening? I, don't, I, I actually don't remember that. Master, but, Master became um, Steely Dan for a moment. Yeah. It's like suddenly like it, it was very crazy. And uh, of course, we got to remember uh, the, the Chris Traeger dance moves in this one you remember you remember dancing in this episode do i remember dancing in this episode i this is there are certain times in the life of playing a character where you kind of i don't know find a new gear go to it go to the next level find something surprising whatever however you want to describe it and in the script it just says chris dances crazily i think mm. was the description and um, which, and it didn't say what song or anything. So I chose um, Jump Around by House of Pain. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I didn't know that you chose that song. Yeah, I did because I knew, I was thinking, what can I just get crazy, crazy, insane to? And that is, you know, an easy song to do it to. So I asked, you know, a few days before we shot it to make sure we could afford it and that it would clear the legal department, we could actually get it, and we got it. So we had it on the set. I had him cue it up to exactly the point in the song I wanted it to be. Um, and and I remember we did one take. And that's, so what you see is literally one take, and the reactions you see from the cast are real. <laughs> and I was still, you know, this was still kind of early, you know, on my, yeah. I think this was only about episode eight or nine or something of me yeah. being on the show. 
And I think they were both awed and appalled. <laughs> I think they they truly could not believe their eyes. And and um it's it's something. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done because it is the um definition of as an actor of I don't give a fuck. I just <laughs> fucking went for it. There's there's and there's a great cutaway of, of of Aubrey reacting. You can tell her reaction is genuine because she's like, "What is going on?" <laughs> this is like, and I think it's kind of. I think it's also like you earn some goodwill with the cast because it's like you know you've come in and you're you know you're an established actor like people know who you are and you've done some drama but it's like no this guy's gonna be this guy's gonna commit you know I think that's like I'm literally looking at this frame right now like there's a little screenshot and. You know, you can see Pratt, you can see Harris, you can see, you know, Bur you can see some of these people in the background and it's like, there. it's just pure joy. It's just pure joy. That's that's kind of like, you know, the like this episode, kind of like there's just this like, there's this joy to it. And by the way, great, great gif or great gif. I see we got like a, there's feedback of a, how do you say gif? And I know there's a split, but you say gif, right? I feel like I say gif most of the time. I know people like to say gif, but uh, I, I say gif. It's, it's a gif and that that is definitely in the... Uh in the gifts that are out there over the years of stuff that I've done, that particular gif of that of freeze frame and the dance move is I'm I'm I, I love when that <laughs> when that shows up because I had so much fun. It's one of the highlights of my part of playing Chris Traeger. Well, I have if if I ha stop pooping is one, and I have to say this dance. Um, and then, of course, we're going to have take me out to the ball game later on in a different episode. <laughs> but those are oh, those man. are kind of my favorite things I did as Chris. Yeah, just just pure goofy and silly, and and yeah, I, like the way it ties in with the sort of Leslie and Ben story mm -hmm. is, is kind of sweet, right? It, it's just like we're we're just now leaning into it, and I think I think there was some sort of you know some patience and some kind of slow playing that story, right? It's it, it, they had they had sort of earned each other's respect in a work context. And so finally, like this episode, you know, like you said, we're nine, 10 episodes in for, for your guys' run and you kind of, okay, now we start that year and now that's going to propel us for the, the back half of the season. Um, but yeah, again, this, I, I'll just never forget this weird fake Midwestern living room with the weird carpeting and the wood paneling and, and on, on a soundstage and a lot in Studio City, the CBS Radford lot, <laughs> this room. I have man, to say, I it, it, I, I'm a big true crime guy, documentary guy, and I'm, I'm watching um, this thing on John Wayne Gacy, and it looks a little bit like John wow. Wayne Gacy's house. There you go. John Wayne Gacy was the, was that the serial killer who dressed up as a clown? Yeah. Pogo the clown. Yeah. And, uh, wow. it, yeah, I, I think he might've been living in April and Andy's house from the looks of things. Yes. I mean, we never ruled out that Burley is actually John Wayne Gacy. It could be the same yes. guy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's dressed up. That's the, that's the D story of this episode that got cut. It's in the, it's in the uh, producer's cut. <laughs> trying to think anything else in this episode, Rollo. I mean, it's, it's a, it, it's, it's it's a big episode it's an it's definitely the most emotional very famous episode and in many ways it's just the most it's the most simple and you know you could come in and just watch this and know exactly what you're what you're seeing without having watched anything else in the show and i always like those yeah it really is and 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 i don't know i i think you know just to give some background on how why why we decided to get april and andy married so quickly i think one of the biggest motivating factors was that it was just unexpected and surprising and and yet also felt motivated by how these two characters were and i just like the idea that 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 it's a love story that works and 
you know, it's exactly the kind of immature thing that they would do and everyone in their lives probably didn't want them to do it and then it works out. Like, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Um, how long did you know your wife before you got married? A long time. Uh, right? uh, a long time. We were we were best friends for a super, super, super long time. And, you know, we've been together now 30 plus years. I, I just went, I golfed yesterday with a man who's 73 years old, met his wife at a Dairy Queen. Within two hours, they knew they were going to get married and they hadn't even held hands. They've been to, and they've been to get, they've been married 55 years. There was, they shared a blizzard at that Dairy Queen. Yep. And, it was and that was bodily. it. Is this, is this secret a Dairy Queen advertisement? Is this, <laughs> is this right? <laughs> the guerrilla marketing? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I made a sports bet and lost it. And the, the losing of the bet was that I had to me- figure out a way to mention his name in one of the podcasts. And this fits perfectly because his dad is the story I told. So I'm going to put his name in that story. So um, I was golfing with my friend Porter Payne. <laughs> I love it. was a pretty amazing story, by the way. It's like it all tied in like the, the, the Dairy Queen aspect was like, this is really crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Where'd you, where'd you go golfing, by the way? Oh, just Augusta National Golf Club. Thank you for asking. No way. Yep. <laughs> is that really the Absolutely answer? Oh the God, answer. I, I, that was the greatest it. setup I ever. It. I mean, I, did, I legit didn't know. I was like, uh, Rolo doesn't even know this, but I just started playing golf. So I'm learning. I'll play with you someday. But uh, oh, we got it, to. It's, it's, it's like an obsession. It's like, it's like, um, it's, it's, it was a COVID thing for me. Like I had never played before. And it's like a sport you can play when you're not, you know, people don't know this about me, but I have two torn Achilles tendons that I tore from playing basketball. So I don't play basketball anymore, but, uh, golf is, is, is awesome. We have to it's, play it's really, Pratt. Really we'll fun. do meet you and Pratt. Cause Pratt and I were text. I was texting him. I'm on the eighth hole. He's like, bro, are you at amen Jesus. corner? And so, oh yeah, my God. it was, it was a dream come true. Any, any golfer out there knows it's one of the things if you know you know it's the Sistine Chapel of of yeah. golf I just wanted to go my friend was at the Masters and he was like oh man I almost texted you because I had an extra spot for like Saturday or something but yeah I would like to just visit first of all and then when I'm better I'd like to play it's but, yeah it's everything it's it's it, it is it it you you have a fantasy of it and and it exceeds it Wow, that's that's awesome. Um, I mean, this this episode to me is really just like this is uh, when I look back at my photos, like I have maybe the most photos of this episode because it's just like it, it, the, the show was kind of firing in all cylinders. And, and everybody's and was, there. Everybody's there. Every, that's the other thing is like everybody's there. And I, it's, I you look back, it's like we're all kind of babies. And it's like you, you just look back and you're like, this is think about where everyone went after this. And, and, and this was like this moment where we all we all got to hang out and like. Just, just make the dumbest jokes. Like thinking about that John Ralphio and 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 Tom uh, uh, talking head about about wedding crashers and, <laughs> and, and and Vince, what Vince Vaughn would do as the best man. Like, and it's so of the era too, right? It's like, and now John Ralphio is the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> so it's like, it's literally like, you know, you never know, man. You, you never, never know. know. <laughs> uh, all right, any final thoughts on this episode, Rob? Um, if you want to have a warm and fuzzy. If you're into warm and fuzzies, this is your episode. You, you, it is impossible to not have a little misty-eyed warm and fuzzy at the end of it, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, and it's also cute to have like kind of Ron and Leslie in the kind of kind of the quasi mom and dad role, right? It's like God, it, this one in the camping episode we were we were just watching. Uh, just Nick is so he's so fucking warm and just like. <laughs> fatherly and it also said can i like we've always set him up as kind of like a surrogate dad to april and, and like he's just like this wise 
wise old dad. And, and it just like, kind of like it, it fits in perfectly. Um, but yeah, one of the all time greats and, 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 uh, very rewatchable, very rewatchable and very sweet. And, um, I don't know. It just works. You never thought it's, it's like a dog and a cat getting married. Um, who'd have thought <laughs> April and Andy, April and Andy, uh, oops moment. No oops moment. Cause I guess it's perfect. Um, episode MVP, most valuable Pawnee. And wow, this is a, that's a great question. What, what's, uh, what character moment in this episode sticks out the most to you and why? I think we have, have we, have we ever done co-MVPs? Have we done that yet? We've never done it. I think for me, this is co-MVP. It's April and Andy. Yeah, I like that. I mean, this is because they're, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't invest in them, you don't invest in those characters, then then none of this works. And you got to root for them. They have to be funny, but they have to be real or in a gear that we don't, get into all the time which is kind of an authentic real feeling romance thing and um particularly like you said for those those characters those are you know hard comedy characters usually and they're not the leads of the show and they they're you your investment in them has to carry this episode it's it's a testament to them like it's a testament to the actors as well like i i want to say that because it it, 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 there's more depth to those characters than, like you said, just hard comedy characters. And, you know, they can deliver. And I think this relationship between the two characters helped us as writers dimensionalize them and turn them into funny people as opposed to just like, hey, these are kind of cartoon characters or whatever, which is always a temptation, right? So the fact that April hates everything in the world except for one thing, Andy, and that Andy is an idiot about everything in the world, but when it comes to April, it shows some level of maturity and some level of kind of, you know, being an adult. Like, you know, it, it just helps you round them out. And it's 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 kismet, really. It was sort of like because they were paired together in the hunting trip episode and they were left alone in the office, suddenly they're married next season. And like, I think that's just interesting, interesting storytelling. And, and I'm glad it all worked out. Um, listeners, let us know who your MVP is by tweeting Team Coco Podcast or by using the hashtag Parks and Recollection. I want to also just uh, say some runner-ups here. Uh, Chris Traeger in House of Pain, a runner-up two, and then a uh, runner-up three, Orin, because we'll see more of him <laughs> in the future. <laughs> I can't argue with those. I can't. I'm not going to argue with either one of those. All right. Uh, shall we do a town hall? Yeah. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you want to go to the town hall? I think you do. 
Let's do it. Town Hall this week, not a town hall. Town Hall. Um, I think, listen, we got to do it from April and Andy's house. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. I think we do it from Burley's living room. Shout out to Burley, played by Andrew Brolinson, who was uh, one of Mike's actual friends. <laughs> he, just, he just stuck in a mouse rat, much like he stuck me in a mouse rat. So uh, it's Burley's living room. Um, April and Andy are living there, and they just squat in his house for, for years and years. And I guess, you know, ultimately Ben moves in. Anyway, we'll get to that in later episodes, <laughs> but it's pretty crazy. Uh, this town hall comes to us from Erica in Texas. Hi, Rob and Alan and Greg and Schulte. Love the shout out to them. Uh, I'm a huge Parks and Rec fan. I've rewatched and watched the show multiple times. Andy and April's Wedding is one of my favorite episodes, but I've always wondered why the writers of the show married April and Andy off so quickly. P.S. Love the show. And Rob, really love your inside Hollywood scoops. Thanks to you, I now know what a craftsman house is, among many other things. <laughs> also, really glad y'all caught the Justin Thoreau, Jennifer Aniston connection in the Valentine's Day episode. I felt like I was the only one who thought it was funny. PNR predicted the future. Ha ha ha. Love the podcast. Y'all are great. Erica P. from Texas. Dude, teaching people about architecture. Get that architectural digest guess guess. See, column, I'm, huh? I'm not just a pretty face. I know about architecture. <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like if you want to treat Google Rob Lowe Architectural Digest because there's a gorgeous, uh, gorgeous spread of a, one of his houses. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, it's an ama- It's one of my favorite things was when I saw that house, I was like, damn, Rob really knows how to make a house work, man. It's a beautiful house. I, but, I yeah. literally have been on the cover of Architectural Digest more than I've been on the cover of GQ. <laughs> maybe maybe justifiably those are some beautiful houses man beautiful houses um a great question uh thank you so much erica for writing in and thank you for the kind words and um you know again it was a little bit like i alluded to earlier i think you know i think you could do the standard thing where it's like not even a will they won't they but they're just dating forever 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 we just hadn't seen this kind of surprise wedding thing done recently and 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 it just made sense for these two characters because they're kind of silly in a way. But when you watch this episode, it gives them a little bit of emotional depth. It's like, you know, you, it, and it's kind of it ended up getting giving Leslie a pretty interesting story as well, because, you know, you put in a position where you your friends, you see your friends potentially making a bad decision, but you have to come around to the realization that you're not in control of their lives. So um, I don't know. It was something we definitely discussed on the writer's retreat. Um, and it, it just, it's the kind of thing where you debate it over and over again in the writer's room and then the pros start to outweigh the cons and it, and it propels you into an interesting position, right? Cause you, you, you make that decision and then you kind of have to decide how that impacts the rest of the season and the rest of the show for those two characters. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It also, it also gave birth to this episode, which I think, you know, is all kind of worth it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, legendary episode and another fun one for the show, man. Uh, it's, it's really been good going through these. And I'm glad you're just a regular in the show now. And uh, we can talk about your experiences on set. It's really helping me out. Yeah. I, and, uh, you know, these these episodes are so um, distinct to me that it's the weirdest thing. You, you I rewatch them and I it feels like a billion years ago. And it also feels like yesterday. Yes. I feel like this episode had genuine emotion and I, and I got genuinely emotional uh, watching it. So uh, yeah. it's, it's it's been really fun. Um, thank you all for listening. Please subscribe where you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star review on Apple. Thank you to Schulte and Greg. And goodbye from Pawnee. See you next week. Parks and Recollection is produced by Greg Levine and me, Rob Schulte. 
Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive produced by Alan Yang for Alan Yang Productions, Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Gina Batista, Paula Davis, and Britt Kahn are our talent bookers. The theme song is by Mouse Rat, a.k.a. Mark Rivers, with additional tracks composed by John Danik. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Parks and Recollection. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.